It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Generally speaking, the Carolina Panthers don't have the top job option out there when it comes to the head coaching openings in the NFL, and that's okay. They don't need everyone to want this job. They need to find the right guy for this job. So right now, as we finish the second week of the coaching search, who are the top options for the Carolina Panthers? I'll answer that question among other questions on this weekly Friday Mailbag edition of Locked on Panthers. You are Locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Why? Because on Fridays, like today, for the rest of the offseason, I'm going to be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me or DM me, but of course, first follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and get in your questions for next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We are wrapping up the second full week of the Carolina Panthers official coaching search. You could say maybe it's week eight. But, you know, couldn't really start talking to anybody until once the season was over. So we're really at the end of week two. The Carolina Panthers so far have talked to Brian Callahan. They have talked to Dave Canales. They have interviewed Gerald Barrow. Ben Johnson's interviewing on Friday. Mike McDonald of the Ravens. Todd Munkin, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, Bobby Sloak, Frank Smith, Chris Tabor. They have cast a wide net yet again. But, of course, a trend much like last year is on the offensive side of the ball. So looking at things right now, the Carolina Panthers, this is not an attractive job, according to a lot of people out there. I have said that. I've gone over the reasons why it's not attractive, but I've also gone over the reasons why this would be an attractive job. And the important thing is, you don't need everyone to be banging down on your door. And that's not the case for any of these jobs. We're not seeing every single team. There's not one team that is interviewing every candidate. Not one team is interviewing... Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel and then all these other candidates the Panthers have brought on. You got to find the right guy for the job. And one of the biggest issues David Tepper has had is he has not hired the right guy. You can talk about how he's the problem, which clearly he is here in Carolina, but Matt Rule wasn't the right guy and Frank Reich wasn't the right man for the job either. David Tepper, third time's a charm. Please, God, let that be the case. He's got to get it right. So we'll see. 
You just need to find the right guy who wants a job and is the right man for the job, and then that's what we should all focus on here in Carolina. So that takes us into our first question here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of the show. Casey asks, is Bobby Slowick the best option for Carolina? Assuming Ben Johnson is taking either Washington or Las Vegas, Slowick's game guys open Sunday, and they were open by miles. Noah Brown and Nico Collins aren't are not world beaters, but they were open by miles. CJ owes a great deal of his rookie year to Slowick, in my opinion. I saw there's an article. I want to say it was the Athletic, um, and it was by mm, God, I forget the guy's name. They were just trying to. They were discussing Jeff Howe, I believe. Yeah, Jeff Howe. He was discussing and talking to a bunch of people about okay, did the Panthers get it wrong with Bryce Young? Would it have been the same case C.J. Stroud? And it seems like there's consensus right now that Stroud's a better prospect just based off what he's done so far this season. In that he also would not have had success in Carolina based off of, well, everything we saw this year. And I tend to agree with the latter part. Um, the former, I still want to wait and see what it looks like around Bryce Young moving forward and if they can actually get a competent offensive line in place, get some options out there, at receiver that can actually make some plays, a consistent run game, then we can actually evaluate Bryce Young. But right now, I just think it's so hard to be able to do that considering the issues with the coaching staff and having his coach fired after 11 games and all the other things we talked about for the last four months of the regular season. So I'm not ready to say that just yet. But yes, C.J. Stroud absolutely has a great deal to thank when it comes to Bobby Slowick, the Texans offensive coordinator, what he did with the play calling and developing that offense down there in Houston. Of course, D'Amico Ryans, his leadership as the head coach, a defensive-minded head coach, by the way. And Bobby Slowick, there's some interesting background with him and defense I want to talk about here momentarily. Look at just the general manager, Nick Casario, and what he was able to put there in Houston to where he had Nico Collins. And I disagree with he's not a world beater. Nico Collins can play. That dude is really good. A much better than anyone on the Carolina Panthers roster. Noah Brown, yes, he's traveled all around the league, former Ohio State Buckeye. I understand saying he's just another guy. Tank Dell has some juice. You look at Tank Dell compared to the rookie wide receiver the Carolina Panthers drafted in John Domingo. Those guys aren't even similar. Tank Dell was making plays at the University of Houston. And he was making plays in the NFL. Mingo wasn't making plays at Ole Miss and hasn't made plays in the NFL. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So clearly he had better options there. You look at Dalton Schultz, what they got at him this year. He provided more than what the Carolina Panthers got at Hayden Hurst. So the uh, situation clearly has been better. And when you think about, they had some offensive line injuries. They had a lot of guys on IR, especially when the Panthers played the Texans. But they have Laramie Tunsil. Uh, they got Titus Howard, better offensive line, better continuity this season. It was just an all-around better situation. And I know this can be constantly debated, but just focusing in on Bobby Slowick and whether he's the best option for the Carolina Panthers, he certainly is an option. He interviewed virtually for the Panthers job on Thursday. He was on that Washington staff. We continuously have seen this over the last three or four seasons where you see the graphic of Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, all of them being on that Washington Redskins staff. You you know who else was on that Washington Redskins staff but working on the defensive side of the ball? Bobby Slowick. So he's now a part of that. It wasn't until we got to San Francisco working under Kyle Shanahan when he transitioned to the offensive side of the ball, which he's smart knowing that, okay, if I'm ever going to be a head coach in this league and these owners are so dense that they only want to hire young offensive guys, well, looks like you need to start going over to offense. And in my opinion, 
if you're a defensive coach, you should understand offense just as well as an offensive coach. And if you're an offensive coach, you should understand defense just as well as a defensive coach. Because how are you going to have success if you don't understand what you're going up against each and every single week? Which is why I think it's super overrated to have to have a coach who is an offensive coach or a defensive coach. They both should be experts on those sides of the ball in my opinion, at this level. Like, they should have a very, not maybe not maybe not an expert level, but they should have a outstanding understand, uh, of understanding of offense and defense, and really, theoretically, could be a coordinator on either side of the ball because of the understanding that they have been able to attack both sides of the ball. But Slovak's interesting. What he's been able to do is C.J. Stroud. Now, the one knock on him will be that he's a first-time coordinator, and I'm always weary of that. If you haven't really been in that situation, you haven't really been in a leadership role within an organization, can you then step into a head coaching role? And it's so quick that I don't think these guys get an opportunity to develop. And Sloak is one of those guys that's on the Panthers list. You have Dave Canales as well. Brian Callahan spent five years as an OC, so I think it'd be time for him. Jero Vero spent two years now as a DC, and I've seen plenty of guys spend two years and go other places. Um, You look at Mike McDonald's been two years as a DC now. Munkin, one year in the NFL as an OC, but has plenty of play calling experience at the college level. Raheem Morris has plenty of experience. Dan Quinn, of course. Um, Frank Smith, he, God, I want to say it's two years now as an OC, and he doesn't call plays. So looking at it, it's Canales and Slowick, who are the greenest of the options the Carolina Panthers have in terms of just their age and their experience at a coordinator level. Now, Mike Brabel. When he was hired by the Tennessee Titans, he only had one year as a coordinator. And that year, the Texans defense was decimated by injuries to J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless. And they were one of the worst units in the NFL. And he still got the job because the Titans ownership group looked at him and understood, okay, this guy is a leader. And what did they get out of Mike Rabel? Multiple division titles, got to the AFC title game. They found a guy who was the right man for the job, which is exactly what you want. Mike McDaniel was only an OC for one year out there in San Francisco, and as we know, wasn't calling plays, and his first year as the head coach of the Dolphins, they get to the playoffs. This past year, the injuries bit them down the stretch, but they got back to the playoffs, and Dan Campbell up there in Detroit, they're two wins away from the Super Bowl. He's never been a coordinator. Now he has been an interim head coach. He's been an assistant head coach before. He's having a ton of success. So I don't think it necessarily matters whether they're a coordinator or how long they are because there's a couple of examples, but I do prefer someone who has a little bit more experience. So Slowick, I don't know if he's the top of my list. I love what he's done with Stroud. I would like to see just a little bit more because after one season, we get so quick to anoint these guys. All right, like Ben Johnson last year, the offense looked great. Can you do it again? Yes, he did it again. The guy clearly is a stud. But we have so many times where this player or that player, this coach or that coach, they look great, they're a hot name, and then they have a bad season, and it's maybe like, okay, so maybe they weren't that new hotness that everyone was talking about. I think it could be a good option for the Carolina Panthers. I want them to, of course, continue to do their due diligence. Um, they got to figure out, where other guys are going to go. ESPN.com believes that Ben Johnson will go to Washington. That is considered the top job out there because of the new ownership. they got Adam Peters, who's the top general manager available now as their GM, and they have a bunch of cap space, and I'm thinking likely Drake May as their quarterback. Yeah, sign me up for that, and maybe I'm just a tad bit biased because of the whole Drake May and Sam Howell of it all. But still, that may be where he goes or he comes to Carolina. We will see. 
would it really be cool just selfishly as a North Carolina fan to see former Carolina quarterback? And to put that in quotes because Ben Johnson never heard the dude and watched Carolina football my whole life. He was a walk-on, didn't really play quarterback. Just say former walk-on football player. But to have him there with Sam Howell and Drake May, kind of cool. Kind of cool. I'm not going to become a Washington fan. My dad was that. Didn't not pass that sickness on me. Uh, but it would be a little cool to see that. But for Panthers' sake, would love to have Ben Johnson here. But Bobby Slowick, interesting case there. And I would love to see what he can do. By the way, quick odds out there that I saw online. Uh, Frank Smith, the Dolphins OC, plus 500 to get the job. Brian Callahan and Todd Munkin, both are plus 600. Ben Johnson, plus 900. Bobby Sloak is plus 1,000. Uh, same thing with Mike McDonald, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, Dave Canales, all plus 1,200. And other is plus 700. So no Jero Vero there, no Chris Tabor. And I don't think anyone thinks Chris Tabor is getting the job. Just wanted to throw that out there as we move on. So a couple other questions you guys have, of course, throughout the show. And coming up, got questions about just who to prioritize when it comes to free agency. Shaq is not a free agent, but what's his future here? You got Frankie Louvu, you got Brian Burns, some other guys. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your parts are guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Continuing on this week's edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast and the weekly Friday mailbag, of course. Over to Jake now, who asks, can we afford... To keep both Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu looking over at OverTheCap.com, the Carolina Panthers have an estimated $30 million in cap space. And here's the first thing that we honestly need to think about before discussing whether they can afford to keep both of them. What are the Panthers going to do with Brian Burns? Are they going to sign him to a new deal prior to free agency, which would give the Panthers more flexibility to actually spend money? Or are they going to have to slap the franchise tag on him, which currently, according to OverTheCap.com, is priced at a projected $21.9 million. You do the math. That gives the Carolina Panthers 
less than $9 million of cap space available. Now, the Panthers would have an opportunity to cut some players. It could be a Dante Jackson to free up some cap space. There's a guy like Austin Corbett, potentially. There's Ian Thomas. There's other ways that they can open up some cap space. We know they've done some restructures in the past. Taylor Moten has a massive $29 million cap hit. Going to talk about that on a show next week. There are avenues to open up some space. We have seen but they continue to do that and continue to not be a good football team. At some point in time, you just got to eat the cap space. Look at the Bucks, $80 million in like dead money, and they're in the divisional round of the playoffs. I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to do that like next year, but they need to do it when they're not a good football team. The Falcons, they attempted to just eat the cap space and then come into year three and have a chance to go to the playoffs. Didn't have the right quarterback, didn't have the right coach, and now they're back out there whining and dining Bill Belichick. Good luck to the boys down there on 85 South with that. Um, but still, the Panthers, I just don't want to see them keep pushing money down the road. You're not a good team. You're probably not going to be good in 2024. I'm, I don't want to guarantee it, but I just don't really see it happening. Just eat it now so you have the space available like next year and the years to come when hopefully the foundation of this team is in a much better place. So if they're able to sign Brian Burns, that gives them some flexibility. If they can't get a deal done at the slot tag, that makes things a little bit more complicated for them overall, especially when you're looking at Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu. Let's hone in on Shaq Thompson for a minute here. He has a $6.2 million cap hit in 2024. $2 million of his salary in 2024 is guaranteed. And there's also a $1 million roster bonus due to him come March. I believe it's like the third day of the new league year. If he's still on the roster, he gets that $1 million. And if you're thinking about, okay, potentially releasing Shaq, the dead cap hit in 2024 would be $8.3 million, and you would lose $2.1 million uh, against the salary cap. So you can't release them pre-June 1. Post-June 1, you split the dead cap hit. It's $3 million in 24, 5.3 in 25. Then you save $3 million, but then you're trying to find another linebacker. It doesn't look like that's a great option for the Carolina Panthers. I don't see too much upside in doing that now that could change we're gonna have more conversation about it as we get closer to that so I think Shaq Thompson stays on the roster he had a rework deal that was cheaper last year that kept him around in Carolina this is where he wants to finish career why not see it through now new GM could be Dan Morgan could be Samir Solomon likely not we'll see what that person wants to do and the person that's going to come in probably considering the candidate pool has an extensive background in dealing with contracts and a salary cap. So we'll see how that works out. Now, Frankie Louvu, that one, it will be interesting to see what his market is. Do they let him get the market? If you're the Panthers, I think the smart thing is to not do that because according to SpotTrack, they calculate his market value to be four years, $44 million. Now, we have talked about the market value on SpotTrack many times, and there was a guy like uh, Bradley Bozeman who had a market value that was significantly higher to what they actually signed in real life here with the Carolina Panthers, but they believe Frankie Louvre, four years, $44 million, $11 million per year, similar to kind of what Devondre Campbell got. That could make sense. I think the dude is excellent. Now, is he purely an off-ball linebacker? Uh, he can play that, as we saw. He's really good at pass rusher. We talked about it early on this week when doing the offseason to-do list. Frankie Louvo had an elite pass rushing grade, according to Pro Football Focus, the top pass rushing grade among off-ball linebackers in the National Football League here in the 2023 regular season. He's a stud. He is somebody, when you think about the Carolina Panthers and you think about what this team is about, you think about the linebacker position. Keep pounding. That comes from Sam Mills, a pro football Hall of Famer. 
an excellent linebacker. You think about Dan Morgan, who's the assistant general manager here in Carolina, what he did in that Super Bowl, having those 20 tackles. Think about Luke Keekley, who, by the way, I saw last night at Providence Road Sundry. You think about Thomas Davis. You think about those kind of players. And Frankie Luvu, his heart, his passion, his energy, that is somebody that you want here to build around in Carolina. But also, you got to think about this maybe should be a complete total teardown and could be, depending upon who the new GM is. So I think they can afford to keep Shaq Thompson. It's just whether do they get the deal done with Burns to open up some space to sign Luvu. They get Luvu under contract before free agency because they allow him to test the market. I think it's only going to make him a little bit more harder for the Carolina Panthers to retain him. All right, over to Josh now. With Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Frankie Luvu, and J.C. Horn... Let's see. Um, at inflection points for their respective futures, who would you prioritize to re-sign slash extend first? Personally, Lulu is number one because he's a free agent. Brown next because he's going to be an anchor for some years. All right, for me, I got him ranked, of course. Um, I prioritize Derek Brown because Derek Brown plays defensive tackle. He's on a defensive line. This is a line of scrimmage game. What matters is winning in the trenches. The Panthers are a bad football team because they cannot protect their quarterback. They could not run the ball consistently. That comes down to not winning in the trenches. They're also a bad football team because on the defensive side of the ball and defensive line, they don't get after the passer. They don't get any pressure at all. And the only defensive tackle that made any damn plays all season long was Derrick Brown. Like, they need to find some other guys in the interior to help out Derrick Brown. But Derrick Brown is a stud. The dude set a record for the amount of tackles by a defensive lineman in the NFL since they've been tracking all that. I know he does not really get a lot of sacks. Don't really care. He's clearly disruptive. Should have been a pro bowler. But all they care about is those sack numbers. Really Weren't really thinking about the kind of impact he actually has. And also the fact the team he plays on is 2-15. and 15. So I understand that. But he's my top priority when it comes to guys to resign. And I'm talking about potentially open up some cap space by not tagging Burns because you could sign him to a friendly deal as far as the cap hit that year one and then you can restructure down the road if you need to but you could sign so you have some cap space year one or maybe you don't value cap space year one uh, but you could at least get it down from the 21 million dollars it would be but that's the same case with a guy like Derek Brown 11 million dollar cap hit with the fifth year option if you sign him you could lower that cap hit so he's the number one guy for me number two is me Brian Burns because Brian Burns is someone that is your best edge rusher. And the Panthers do not have any other younger guys down the pipeline who can help them out. And the older guys that they had are free agents and didn't help them this past season. And again, it's a line of scrimmage football game. And getting after the passer is a valuable trade. He is a good player. I know he did not have the season that you and I and anyone else would have expected and hoped. And Brian Burns said that he thought about you know, the contract, not getting it. And he saw all the injuries and that certainly impacted him. He said he still went at the same full speed, but you can't say that it impacted you and then also turn around in the same sentence and say that I was playing at the same speed. Now, I'm not trying to say that he was dogging it out there because that clearly was not the case. He just was not the same guy that we have seen. So he would be my number two, especially when it comes to kind of freeing up some space to be able to make some moves during free agency and open up the cap space. Uh, third for me, 
Then it's Frankie Louvu because, yes, he is a free agent. He plays a position at off-ball linebacker. That is not necessarily, it's necessarily um, a coveted and valued position in the NFL. There are guys like Roquan Smith, uh, Fred Warner that are getting paid a ton of money, but that is not necessarily a, Roquan, that is not necessarily a big money kind of position. You we I mean, look, they got Frankie Louvu for absolutely nothing. They've been paying him just dirt cheap money, and they've gotten a lot out of that position. So yeah, it's important, obviously. But is he gonna be an off-ball linebacker? If if you got Shaq Thompson back here, is he gonna go back to playing more outside? I just wonder where he'll fit, and then you have to know who the defensive staff's gonna be. I'm sure you can find a fit for him, clearly. I'm not concerned about that at all. But yeah, I would like to have Frankie back. And then fourth, he's not a free agent. Sure, is extension eligible. You need to make a decision on his fifth-year option, which the decision is no, he's not out there ever playing, and that's J.C. Horn. Now, he does play, but he's not playing nearly enough to give him any kind of money. So that would be my fourth option, just because the best ability is availability, and that has not been the case for J.C. Horn. So line of scrimmage, guys, that's what matters. Brown, then Burns, Luvu, then Horn. That's the way I look at it. And that's honestly going back. If, if Horn had been healthy and playing well, then he'd probably still be number three because you're. I feel like you're only as good as as you are up front. Your corners benefit from your defensive lineman getting after the passer. So it probably would have been Brown, Burns, and Horn, then Luvu. But instead, it's Brown, Burns, Luvu, and Horn as far as who I prioritize. Now, there's other priorities the Panthers need to have uh, in the draft, and someone has a question about that. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. It is divisional round weekend, the best weekend, in my opinion, in the NFL. Cannot wait for Chiefs Bills. Please, God, let the Chiefs win. Cannot have all these Buffalo Bills fans who live in this city. They love Buffalo so much, but live here in Charlotte. Enjoy another weekend of football. The app, by the way, y'all, is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup fanduel official partner of the nfl price picks y'all is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season you select two or more players pick more or less on a projected stats and place your entry with the basketball season here you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues, for example. And this may be the last week and you can do this. The last week and potentially, praying that it's not the case, where you can take LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Yes, it's that easy, y'all. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first positive match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. 
Two more questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked on Panthers. Over to Alexander, who asks, you have the first pick of the second round. There's a first round graded left tackle, an edge rusher, a cornerback, and a wide receiver available. What is the biggest need in which position do you pick? All right, got these ranked just like I had the guys we just talked about ranked. Number one, right now, without a head coach, without a general manager, having not gone through free agency, those are all things that need to happen before we can really set the draft board and talk about what the biggest need at 33 is. But currently, without having that much needed information, the number one need is clearly wide receiver. Guys, <laughs> we saw. And I hate this because, like, I was right, obviously, about this. I told y'all that the receivers were going to leave a lot to be desired. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but I thought they were not going to be good. DJ Shark, my God. Just glad we never had to watch him in a Panthers uniform again. Um, Mingo, I hate that he's going to keep saying. I just don't see it. I don't. I know it's not fair to be like, well, Bryce Young, you're going to give him a break, but you're not going to give Jonathan Mingo. No, because Jonathan Mingo was brought in to help Bryce Young, and he ain't helping Bryce Young. And he's just, he's not good. Guys, I love college football. If I'm, if there's a guy that they drafted in the second round in like a major conference, I'm like, I don't even really know who this guy is. He's clearly not a good player, or maybe I just was asleep at the wheel. I don't know. I'm going to say he's not a good player because that that's better. Um, Mingo, I don't see it. Thielen, great. I think that's a guy that's going to end up getting traded because he does not want to be here. That seems apparent from his conversations. And he's talked about what he was sold, which I think there's got to be a, there's got to be a lawsuit somewhere telling telling him on, oh, maybe you could compete for the Super Bowl year two. What the hell? So you might lose him. They need a wide receiver. They need to go out there and get a wide receiver in free agency. Like, if you want to get a top-end dude, like a T. Higgins, and I know you can debate whether he or Calvin Ridley or Michael Pitt. I'm just not – I'm not doing it. Whether you believe those guys are number ones, they've gone out there. They've had 1,000-yard receiving seasons. They've played on solid teams. Like, those are dudes. You need a dude. And the Panthers have no dudes. And even after you do that, you probably still need to get a wide receiver. And at 33 – there's going to be someone on the board probably as a first-round grade. Didn't Terrace Marshall have that? Didn't really work out with him. I think that, yeah, that would be the number one option, clearly. And get somebody who can separate and have some damn speed, please. Uh, number two, edge rusher. Whether Brian Burns gets tagged, tagged and traded, tested free agency, the Panthers don't have anybody that you have any sort of confidence in to get after the passer that is under contract. I do think that it's worthwhile to bring back Etor Gross Matos, who's more of an a, like guy who can set the edge on the run, but also have four and a half sacks. I think it's valuable to bring him back next season. Obviously, Louvre would be great to get back. That helps your overall pass rush. Houston's done. He's gone, obviously. Uh, he's a free agent, again, because he's already done with the Dolphins. Um, Haynes, no, I'm good there. But Barno, Eculiota, DJ Johnson, I just don't see it there with any of those guys. Like, I wouldn't be. I don't think Barno's even going to be on the roster next season. And if Jero Averro's gone, that defensive staff is overturned, I don't know if they're going to just say, hey, yeah, DJ Johnson, we can keep you. Because it's, if it's a different general manager, different staff that didn't bring you in, nothing is guaranteed. I don't care if he's a third-round pick. I haven't seen anything out of him to believe he's going to 
turn into the, what you need. It's a project, so it's going to take some time, but we, we really got to wait until year three or four to get returns for a guy who's going to be damn near 30 by the time he's out of, not a rookie anymore. Uh, by the time he's at the end of his rookie deal, they got to find somebody else to help him out. We talked about this last year about what do you do at 39? Do you take a receiver? Do you take a corner? Do you take an edge rusher? Um, God, I forget where I was at at the end of it. But like a BJ Ojolari was some, I don't even know what he did this year. But that was a guy we had talked about who was on the board. And there was other players that are on the board. I think edge rusher would be the second um, top priority. Number three, I have corner. I have my questions um, about just long-term, like who you have. You have Dante under contract for another year. Whether he stays in Carolina, we'll see. Of course, JC entering the last year was rookie deal. Don't see how they're going to exercise with your options, especially new general manager and new coaching staff. Um, and then you got like Deshaun Jameson, you got DiCaprio Boodle, you have Lamar Jackson, and then AJ Parker, I believe, are the other two corners that are under contract in Carolina next season. Henderson didn't work out. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Shaquille Griffin comes back, or really Troy Hill, based off of who the defensive staff is. So many questions that are need to be answered before I can really answer this uh, intelligently, if I answer anything intelligently on this podcast. So, yeah, the corner, I think that's something. They need to find somebody. Because Dante, it's last year. You need to find a replacement. If JC can stay healthy and actually stick in Carolina, you need to find a replacement for maybe both him and Dante, or just for Dante to have someone ready to go as a second-year player to be opposite of J.C. Horn. And then the last one is left tackle. We talked about this literally the entire episode of the show yesterday. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that because I'm not going to talk about it again right now. Kurt, he asked me, where do you see the running back group right now? Did Chuba Hubbard do enough to be a lead back and we just deal with Miles Sanders being the most expensive back in the league? I don't believe we can cut Miles until 2025. With all the issues this team has, do we need to add running back to the list or can we go forward with what we have? I think Raheem Blackshear will be back, should be back, no matter who the staff is, just because he's obviously a guy who can help you out. If Chris Tabor comes back, which I feel like will be the case, he will be there for special teams purposes, but you know he can help out in the run game a little bit. Um, but that's not really the chief kind of conversation question here. Chuba, I don't think Chuba's a lead, a lead back. I think he's a complimentary back. I think you can have two. We saw like Foreman and Chuba, you can have two guys, and I think Chuba can really play that role. I mean, Chuba ran them all well. He ran hard uh, at the end of the season this year. I like Chuba Hubbard, but yeah, I don't think he's like that game-changing kind of back, in my opinion. When you look at Miles Sanders, and we talked about this the other day, uh, pre-June 1 release, $8.4 million dead cap, and you lose $750,000 in salary cap. So that's not something you can really – you could do it if you want. Uh, but Miles Sanders, post-June 1st release, 5.4 dead cap in 24, 2.9 dead cap in 25. You save $2.2 million. So still not that much. And if you can trade them somehow, pre-June 1, you save 3.2. Post-June 1, 6.2. But again, who's going to make that deal? It feels like you're going to have to eat it. You're, as in, like, you keep him on the roster. Maybe someone comes in, he's a better fit. I would just like to find a way to just get out of that. If there's a way to do a buyout, anything like that, I would like to find a way to just get out of that deal, draft a running back, and have that back in Chuba be your one-two punch in Carolina. But we'll, I want to talk about it a little bit more. I know, Kurt, you waited 
to hear this, but I, I want to talk about it a little bit more as we continue to break down these positions. Because like right now, I'm doing that that part se- that three part series about the offensive line trying to fix it. Talk about Icky on Thursday. Going to talk about Moten and Corbett. I think either Monday or Tuesday of next week, and then we'll talk about some of the depth issues and some of the other things they also have to figure out here um, with that offensive line. So, yeah, that's where we're at with the running backs. Chuba's gonna be back. Blackshear will be back. Sanders. They got to figure out what to do there. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Um, of course, we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Check me out over on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can get your questions in for next week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag by either adding me or DMing me. And, of course, in the meantime, be safe. Be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Monday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.